Episode 0059, in dedication to Anthony. You've entered the Potable Picture Show, your podcast dedicated to motion pictures and drinking liquors. I'm your host, Kevin McRae, and I'm here to tell you this podcast may contain explicit content. So if you're adverse to that kind of material, then better head out now. Also, we'll be talking about Ant-Man later in feature presentations, so if you don't want your world spoiled, go and see the movie in the theater while it's still there. It should be there a little while. Also, Heathen will be covering the news. She also has a made-up drink and cocktail corner. We'll be playing a game to test our panels, word ability and agility. All this and more on today's episode of The Picture Show. Let's head into the VIP booth at the top of the cantina and get today's show started. Sitting across from me, she's got an advanced calculator called her hand. It's the head organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. She has a drink monkey above her. Her name is Heathen. Howdy. Also with us is assistant organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. He is surrounded by Avengers. His name is Beer Maker Matt. Hi, everybody. I'm so pleasantly surprised to wake up and see everybody here and have everything Going together perfectly. So good for you. <laughs> Everybody had a nap except for me. I'm glad that that, that uh, Heathen's uh, efforts at perfection continue to flourish. Hmm. Heathen <laughs> has a birthday tomorrow, <laughs> and so uh, what'd you say you're drinking? A crown? Um, yeah, it's a little um, airplane-sized crown bottle that i got it's airplane size that's gigantic like what kind of airplane like a 747 you're just gonna like stick a needle in the side and it's an airbus 320 size oh wow that's huge no it's the little kind that you get when you're like the mini travel size like you get in the hotel bars that i got for valentine's day oh yeah and so that's what i'm sipping on today looks like you already sipped it all no it's right here Hmm. in my glass yeah, the first day that I met Heathen, we drink over $100 in Crown Royal, so that's what I usually get her when it's time for a present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we went back to my apartment and drank wine with a bunch of uh, black guys that were about 400 pounds in the jacuzzi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we tackled such philosophical questions as, would you like a hand job from a midget? <laughs> would you rather fuck a leprechaun or a unicorn? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's been true love ever since. We have Beer Maker Matt. He's got a fancy sipping beer in front of him. It's got fancy script on it. It's it's emblazoned in gold. It almost looks like a wine bottle, like a port bottle. 
It was not cheap, but you, you should have used the uh, the little wine, uh, the uh, the little chiller they have there at the front of the store. They have a chiller. Yeah, it's pretty quick. It's just like an ice bath, like you do with wine, but oh, really? it just it gets stuff pretty cold. I didn't know about that. You don't know about that? I didn't know about it. It's right there where you check out. It's like How right come I don't know about side. these? How come we don't, I don't know about these well, things? Well, you... Actually, you would need it because you often buy white wine. But yeah, they're at the uh, Total Wine. They have a lot of beers in the cold section, but they have much, much more that are not in the cold section. So if you need to get them rapidly yeah. chilled, you dump them in their little chiller. It's kind of like when you go wash your balls at the golf course. That's always my predicament because I always want to go to the chiller, but they're per- always a like... A predicament? Yeah. Per permicament, per. <laughs> That's how we're gonna start this off. Yeah. A permicament. Says the girl who got a nap. <laughs> yeah. It's my she day off. All the time. Yeah, all the beers in the back fridge are usually like gone, so they have like a bunch of empty slots where they were supposed to be cold beer. Mm. I opened up my um Omagong oh uh Three Eyed Raven yesterday. Um. Partially because I wanted to drink it, and partially because a lot of the beers that we've had have not been, that we've been keeping for since like November, December, haven't been in the best conditions. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that it was still okay. It was good. I drank it out on the beverage deck. I had my Rombauer from Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I can't, it seemed like it was still, Mm -hmm. wasn't spoiled. It tasted not great to me, but I'm not a big Chardonnay Mm -hmm. fan. Although that would be my gay uh, dancing name if if I was gay and I danced. Rombauer, Chardonnay? That would be Chardonnay. Uh, would be nice. my uh, gay strip name. So let's punch a babies. Uh, that's that's fine to hit this baby. Cheers. Mm. It's got to taste it. So if you're new to the show, anytime uh, you hear that sound about punching babies, then go ahead and drink along with us. I've got several, several drinking beverages. Uh, Matt gave me a taste of his beer that I just tasted. I also have this uh, really disgusting drink. You may have seen it in the store called Occulto. <laughs> it's um, it's someone's effort to make a, uh, it's kind of like a, a wine cooler or a Zima, um, but it's got like one of those Hawaiian, not Hawaiian, <laughs> Mexican uh, like death skulls on it. And it's uh, blue agave infused, blended with beer aged in tequila barrel staves. And it's 6%. Um, I find it's pretty good if you dump it in with some lemonade and some rum and some vodka and a bunch of other stuff, and eventually you can make it taste okay. It's just a little bit too too sweet, you know? It's a girly uh, so beer. It's, yeah, it's a wine cooler. Ugh, ugh. I'm not a big fan of the and... stuff. And then my other beverage here is a little bit of mango lemonade with some 180 proof vodka in it, and it's like doing weird things to my lemonade. <laughs> My kid brought that stuff over for you. Yeah, it comes in a jar. Mark like XXX. Someone's either been drinking it or it's just been evaporating because that jar, mm. no one's touched it. I couldn't get the the <laughs> lid off because it's like. <laughs> so the, the lemonade is trying to crawl out of the glass. Yeah, basically. It's like Maybe the, the kids top. had some when they were staying over. I don't know, but I, I have not touched any of that stuff. I doubt that. All right, Heathen. Would you like to jump into some news? Mm-hmm. All right, I love it. The production company of the Pixels 
movie pissed off a lot of people in Canada in Canada hmm. during the filming of the movie um, during the shutdown of the town uh, Adam Sandler thought that they would get a bunch of extras um, while they were filming the 3d effects and thought it would be like a great time but it really pissed off a bunch of the the town folk the interesting thing is that he has been handling their um complaints personally Mm -hmm. so that must be going over well then (laughs) well i guess other production companies don't normally do that so yeah it's been well received because it's been him directly and not somebody else I, i read the headline that that the city was pissed off and people were like I didn't read the headline, so I don't know why they were mad. So the only reason they were mad is because they shut down some roads and stuff. Mm-hmm. So have I to, have to go all the way around town to get home. I have, I have two things to say about that. One is they should be fucking lucky to have a, a, a film shooting there since most movies. I mean, there is a lot of stuff shot in Canada, but I'm guessing this one isn't normally one. And two, when they, when they shot Ghostbusters in New York City, which is a huge city and known for their irritated people... They were delighted. Mm-hmm. And that's New York. So fucking Canada City, get over yourselves. If, I, I if New York can be shut down, although they, you know, they were just excited to have like, well, one, they were excited to have New York featured in the, in the movie. So that made them happy. And then they had, you know, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and stuff like that. Well, I was super excited when they shut down downtown Denver to film a car commercial. I was like, this is pretty cool. I hope I'm in it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Adam Sandler should have just said, the price is wrong, bitch, and then left the city. Yeah, he's, you know, the reason I said it must be going great, because he, he had recently, he he has a movie coming to Netflix, I think in December, called The uh, Ridiculous Six. It's kind of a take on Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight. It's a cowboy kind of Western movie. And uh, one, a lot of the cast members, I think, walked for saying the script was racist. And also, apparently, like, a lot of Indians and people are like, this movie's kind of racist. So it's just like, he just keeps making decisions <laughs> that even Drew Barrymore's not going to be able to save him from anymore. I think people are just tired of Adam. I think he's tired of living. I was watching him on a, uh, I was watching him on, um, on the Jimmy Fallon show, and it just, it just seems like he's just so tired of just doing stuff that requires being happy. Yeah. He just wants to sit at home and rake in his money. Although I watched The Cobbler, the little film, one of the little films he did on Netflix. Yeah. Not very good. It wasn't really because of him. It's The idea was um, he, he comes from a long line of cobblers who, when they wear other people's shoes, he can take on their persona. So they're sort of like little city Jewish superheroes. Had Method Man in it. He was pretty good in it. I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, well, I'll leave it that yeah. way. <laughs> it's not very good. On a side note, the 3D score for the movie is a 32 out of 35, so I would suggest that we see the pixels in 3D. Yeah, I didn't read that, so that's that's good. That's the one I read about to see if a movie should be 3D or not to 3D, and I did see that they, they did a 3D or not to 3D for that. Actually, mm-hmm. and that site is one of the few sites that gave the movie a uh, a not shitty review. <laughs> We're talking about Cinema Blend. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm still excited to see the movie. Are you visibly aroused? Visibly. Mm. I can tell. Oh, she's moist. I am. Um, I are checked you, my eyeball. Are you? You. 
I didn't bring my phone, so you'll have to take a picture of yourself. If you would like to see pictures of this episode... If you would like to see a picture of me... Go to potablepictureshow.com and look for pictures for any past episodes or for this particular episode. will be episode 59, dedicated to Anthony. Anthony. Whatever. Get it right. All right, news number two. News number two. NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys are making a zombie zombie movie. Somebody has nothing better to do than sit at home and read news. Actually, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I so guess. Out, I'm so out of the loop now. <laughs> Together, they are putting their competition to be the the number one uh, boys band of the '90s aside to combat the zombies. It's going to be a western futuristic horror film. This that's what. A Western futuristic horror film. Okay. So they're not playing themselves. That, it's a Western. I, so at first this concept kind of had me. I was like, this, you know, like they did like a, 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 a Bruce Campbell movie where he played himself instead of Ash and a bunch of zombies came to Oregon and he had to fight them as himself. So I would have liked to have seen a movie where the Backstreet Boys, is it Backstreet Boys and NSYNC? Is that who you said it is? Mm-hmm. Minus Justin Timberlake, I'm guessing. So I would like to see them play themselves and they're going on tour or something, or maybe they're going something where they end up being, maybe they're rivals and then they end up for some reason being some of the last people left on earth because other bus or the airplane or something. And then together they got to separate their differences to fight zombies. Cause I started watching that, uh, Backstreet Boys uh, documentary and I was rather fixated on it and I had to make myself stop. <laughs> Seems good. Cause what does a boy band do when you're no longer boys and you're men and you go on tour? That's what that documentary looked to find out. And I didn't get to the end <laughs> to find out so the answer. So of all the documentaries in the world to watch, that's the one you choose. You saw me starting to watch it. I was like, I just want to put something on that I'm not interested in. And as soon as it came on, I was like, wow, this is rather interesting. <laughs> These guys got to get in shape and go on tour. They're like mm-hmm. older than me. Howard Stern tried to buy the rights to the Ant-Man movie about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Did it say why he wanted Ant-Man in particular? I didn't read too much into it. I don't really care for him. So, <laughs> well, it's just I just thought it was interesting because again I read the headline, but I didn't read the story, and I was just I didn't know what hero it was, and I'm wondering why why Ant-Man of all people, especially 15 years ago, because this, this movie's been around. They've been trying to make this movie since actually this was going to be Marvel's first Phase One movie. It was going to be before Iron Man. Um, was their plan one of the issues they ran into is the studio said it's too similar to honey i shrunk your shrunk the kid so they didn't want to release it again going back to how long ago this movie was supposed to originally come out um i'd also read that paul rudd had tried to buy the rights um of course um edgar wright had been trying to make this movie for at least 10 years and then he eventually got fired from the project or split under amicable circumstances um, I never watched the test footage that a he released. Unconscious uncoupling. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, I know because uh, Howard Stern had his own superhero, Fartman. Remember him? Yeah. Mm. Uh, just on a side, uh, another just a little tidbit from the Minions thing. Um, why girl Minions don't exist? Mm-hmm. I read this. I don't agree with it. I think it's funny. The simple truth is the creator couldn't imagine women being as stupid as the minions are. 
<laughs> I mean, it's a good question. I wish he would have had a better answer. Like, because how do minions um, reproduce without a female? I mean, the Smurfs were like magically created. But right. the minions, they show them kind of evolve. They must be some sort of herm- hermaphroditic, hermaphroditic, hermaphroditic. I don't know how you pronounce that word. Where you know, like some of the like clownfish, like Nemo, how they can just switch sexes. But yeah, he said he just can't imagine females to be as dumb as the as the male man. That's that's a bullshit reason. Well, it's political. I don't think so. There's plenty of dumb women out there. There's plenty of dumb shit women. I see them all the time. But as a whole. You just don't see women doing as dumb as shit yeah, as what, men do. Women don't seem to be as um, pa- uh, pa- packed. They don't seem to form packs as much as men do. And men seem to do dumber things when they get together in packs like that. They become collectively dumb. It's like a hive hive intelligence, but the opposite way. They, <laughs> they, they go down to the lowest common denominator. I mean, I've been that way when I get with some of my friends. When I ask like someone to punch me in the forehead because I want to see what it feels like to get punched in the face, I wouldn't do that when I'm by myself. I'm not Fight Club. And silence. Yeah, that's fine, <laughs> baby. All right, Heathen, is that your news? And that's my news. Fantastic. So Heathen is not yet out of the batter's box. We're going to head into Cocktail Corner where she's going to regale us. Man, I'm really bad with the tongue today. She's going to regale us and dazzle us with her cocktail. I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting yeah. stinking on something I stir or shake. Have a drink! <laughs> All right, Heathen, what are you fixing up for us tonight? A version, my version of Ants in the Pants. All right. Your version of Ants in the Pants. Because, as you know, we are going to be covering Ant-Man in feature presentation. So we often do themed cocktails. And we are going to do Ants in the Pants. This drink features brandy, so that will be interesting. Uh, because I'm not a big brandy fan, typically. I like a good brandy and a cigar. So beer maker um, Matt's going to be assisting Helen on yeah. her cocktail. There you go. Tales of the Cock. So we're going to do a two-part gin. Two parts gin. Step so that's, one. We're going to be using my special Van Gogh gin. I'm, I'm not really excited to use this gin because I wanted to drink the gin on its own. Well, that's why I was going to say you don't you just make enough, you know, for like, uh, like one cocktail so we yeah. can save most of the gin and we could just share it. Because I'll probably just make a gin... So this this Van Gogh gym, it's from it's from Amsterdam, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm interested. I've never had this gym, so I'd be interested to try just a little bit of it later. Plus, Van Gogh is my one of my favorite artists. But you didn't go to the nice bottle. you didn't go to the Van Gogh Wine Walk. No, I did um, three years ago though. I saw my time up. Oh, so, so once you do it once, you don't need it. You know so, what? You know what they um, really should do because do I would say like uh, two shots. That's two parts. Two parts. Gin. So it calls for, the original recipe calls for orange brandy. Mm-hmm. We don't have orange brandy. We have regular brandy. So we're going to do one part brandy. Yeah, I think we have some pear brandy. We got a really good deal on this brandy. Oh, yeah. It was like a 
a $30 bottle and they had it on clearance for 10 bucks. Yeah, like in I really should have bought like four bottles. Yeah. I really should have bought all of them. This is a one part? Yeah. Really yeah. should have bought all of them. Okay, we heard that. I'm serious. I'm pissed off at myself Seriously. right now. And we have some fresh squozen orange juice. So we'll just put a little dollop in there. A little dollop. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So That's if you're dollop. listening at home right now, it is two parts gin, one part brandy, and a dollop of orange juice. I've, not, I've, I've heard a splash usually before in making a cocktail, but... Whatever, it's my do, drink. Do, I can do, say what I want. Dollop's baking term. Yeah, it's usually and used for... And we'll do... Fine, we'll use your term, a splash. But I like a dollop. It's the same thing, a little... It's not the same. Dollop is like whatever. a solid. You do like a dollop of sour cream or a dollop of Yeah, butter. a dollop of Daisy. We all seen the commercial, okay? Oh, my God. Um, A splash of the lemonade because it calls for lemon juice but we don't have lemon yeah this is like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but be saying well i don't have peanut butter and jelly i do have bread and i have that's why i'm making my own and i've got regular. <laughs> why you gotta be so rude i've got bread and i've got regular butter and i've got honey so is that peanut butter and jelly <sighs> and then uh so what do we have uh we put in a splash of lemonade and one part vermouth. I don't think we need one part vermouth. I don't want that much. So I would say don't do that, please. Like a half? No. no I none? would say just a tad. I don't want that much vermouth. That's going to be gross. You're not going to be able to taste it. Okay, that's good. Who wants that much? Do you want that much? Sure, if that's what the... Well, I mean, if you're going to change everything else in the cocktail, you might as well I'm making everything. my own. Yeah. So don't look for this recipe online. If you'd like to find this recipe, go on to the uh, picture show, and we will have... This recipe was on absolute.com. Yeah, but, well, not the recipe we're using. This recipe is on potablepictureshow.com. It is Ants in the Pants, Heather's version. Well, I'm saying the original one is on absolute.com. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Yeah, because we did have other flavored brandies over there. We have the uh, pear brandy. And nice try. Well, we do. And we have the, um, what, the blackberry brandy or something. I don't know. I know I bought a couple brandies for other drinks that we've made. Mm-hmm. Not mixing that pear brandy with anything. Mm-mm. I'm not talking about your bullshit brandy. The That's not bullshit like, brandy. That's okay, my favorite. Whatever. So we've gone ahead and shake, shaked it, shook it. And we're going to taste it. It's an interesting color. Um, it's sort of the color of tang, which means it's going to be delicious in, in most people's experiences. Um, I was going to say it looks like something else, but... Sure. Looks like urine. <laughs> it looks like urine from somebody who has a bad kidney. It's kind of cloudy. Yeah, gunnery in there, huh? Oh, man, I've got a whole bevy of beverages over here. So, Heathen, what do you want to drink to? My birthday, of course. All right. Drink today. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday. What a silly question. Mmm. <laughs> no, um... <laughs> what a... Um, I don't like the... I don't... Well, and now it's starting to grow on me now. I think if we would have added that whole thing of vermouth, it would have been really that gross. That probably would have helped. And also, if it was real lemon juice, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. 
it's growing on me. The first the first thing hit me really hard. It's not what I expected. Um, it's not that bad. I don't like the. You think the, we should have added the whole thing of remove? Probably the thing I actually don't like in it because that's what what we actually had. So I shouldn't have skimped on it. What what I don't like about the cocktail is instead of the lemon juice, we have mango lemonade, and I'm getting a little bit of the mango yeah. through there. I don't like the fruitiness to it. I don't think it's supposed to be necessarily that fruity of a drink. Yeah. Because the gin and the You're brandy right. isn't that bad. Um, and what you need is we shouldn't have. There's uh, a, we should have omitted the lemon. There's a lot of uh, brandy drinks that include lemon. I'm not really sure why, but somehow those two ingredients are supposed to balance each other out for some reason. Um, well, that's lemon, when you have the fiery um, on the, the oil. Well, the whiskey. A lot of the whiskeys they have the fiery um, seared lemon the or the oil. orange rinds. And the uh, lemon usually helps a lot with certain kinds of gin too. Um, it helps counteract the, the botanicals a little bit and, and just goes with them. So, so I don't hate this drink. Um, I do hate that part of the drink. So I would recommend if you make this at home, probably don't. At least don't use the mango lemonade because the mango that's coming through and it's really throwing me off. Hmm. Yeah, I'm still not a huge gin fan. Uh, I said you weren't gonna like it because it was gin. I don't like I don't like brandy, but I can't I don't really taste any brandy in this, even though that's the main ingredient. No, the no, gin. gin. Oh, the gin is. Yeah. So it was it was two ounces gin one. But I mean, surprisingly, this gin is probably one of the better gins that I've had. It's a, not a cheap bottle, and yeah. that's why I didn't really want to mix it with anything. Well, that's why we did a sampler, and now we know. Now we've tried Ants in the Pants, Heather's version. Oh, oh yeah, that helps. Oh, God. <laughs> I added it to my concoction. Maybe I'll add a little bit of this Occulto in there. Mm. Kevin's playing King's Cup on his own. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting the party started. All right, guys. You guys want to play a game? Maybe. Shall we play a game? So this game is going to be similar to some of the other games we played, where you're going to have a ring in. We have ten questions. Uh, Heathen, what's your favorite bug or insect? Um, I would say a ladybug. All right, uh, beer maker Matt, what's your favorite bug or insect? Mm, I was gonna say praying mantis, but it's a long word. You could just say mantis. Mantis. So, Ladybug Mantis. All right, so that's going to be your ring-ins. So, um, the trick to these questions is a sort of a word game. All of these answers are going to have the letters A and T in them together Mm. as one part. So, here's a sample question. Doesn't count, just a sample question. So, you're on the same page as me. Men and women wear these on the lower half of their body. They could possibly be jeans or slacks. Ladybug. Pants. Pants. So you got it. You understand the game. We're looking for words that have A and T in the word. All right. So first question. Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter might be considered to be in this genre of movie. When you're daydreaming of being... Mantis. Mantis. Fantasy. Fantasy is correct. Rest of that question. When you are daydreaming of being rich and having buck sex with Oprah Winfrey, you're also having one of these. (sighs) Um, Corey Stoll from The Strain and House of Cards is the bad guy in Ant-Man, also known as the... Oh my god. It's another word for bad guy. Three, two, one. Antagonist. Uh, He is the antagonist. My hometown has many shops that sell these. PBS also has a roadshow exploring the value of these. Mantis. Mantis. (laughs) Antiques. Antiques is correct. 
This quadrant of an army could also be called foot soldiers. This quadrant of an army, or this section of an army, could be called foot soldiers. The answer is infantry. Mm -hmm. um, this is another word for being afflicted with werewolfism. So what's another word? If you watch horror movies, you know another word for werewolfism. Uh, I don't. We'll give Beer Maker Matt a chance, see if he knows what it is. Well, I know a word that they use, but it doesn't have a T in it. The word, you want to give a shot? All right. It's I, something to do with um, lichen something. Yep, you're on the right track. It's lycanthropy. Yeah. Lycanthropy. Jack went up a beanstalk and encountered at least one of these. Ladybug. Ladybug. <laughs> a giant. Giant is correct. So what are we at? Two, two? We'll say so. Yeah. There are some myths and some sayings about these animals, including being afraid of mice and never forgetting. Uh, mantis. Mantis. I was Elephant. Elephant is correct. In addition, in, addition, <laughs> in addition to student loans, you can also get this money, which doesn't have to be paid back. Ladybug. Ladybug. Aww. A grant. Grant. We got three, three. With two questions left. This is the last name of the Led Zeppelin singer. You may also have some of these green things in your house to water. Um, ladybug. Ladybug. Robert Plant. Plant. We're looking for Plant. <laughs> I said his first name, too. Do I get an extra point? I said last name of Led Zeppelin singer. So uh, Matt can tie it up right here if he gets this one. If you buy an expensive item, be sure it has one of these so you can take it back in case it breaks. Ladybug. Ladybug. A receipt? No. Mantis. Mantis. Warranty. Warranty is correct. Aww. So now it's time to... A receipt. I'm so stupid. <laughs> so now you guys are going to have to rock, paper, scissors it for, for who gets the sticker. Because I should probably... You thought somebody was going to be dumb enough. Earlier. Ready? I won. Heathen wins. What a congratulations to Heathen. It's my birthday. I get everything. Don't <laughs> oh, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that being said, let's head into feature presentation. <laughs> <laughs> So here we are in feature presentation every week. In feature presentation, we take a movie that we saw with the Sierra Nevada Movie Club and we use it as a jumping off point for conversation. This week we saw the film Ant-Man in 3D at the Fancy Theater. Here's a brief synopsis of Ant-Man in case you're not familiar. Armed with the astounding ability to shrink in scale but increase in strength, con man Scott Lang must embrace his inner hero and help his mentor Dr. Hank Pym. Uh, protect the secret behind the spectacular Ant-Man suit from a new generation of towering threats. Against seemingly insurmountable obstacles, Pym and Lang must plan and pull off a heist that will save the world. I don't think that's entirely accurate, but anyway. Um, so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of information that I gathered, and we can talk about that, or just interrupt me at any time. 
So Ant-Man um, is a pretty old character. He was uh, created by Stan Lee um, back in 1962. He first appeared in the comic Tales to Astonish number 27. He is also an original member of the Avengers in the comics. Uh, he appeared in Avengers number one, which came out in September 1963. As I, as I think I mentioned, um, he was going to be Marvel's first uh, movie into this phase one. But they ran into a, a lot of issues and went with Iron Man. Um, originally, in the first script for this movie, the film was supposed to focus on the original Ant-Man. So if you guys aren't familiar with Ant-Man at home, which many people aren't, um, Ant-Man is mostly known to be played by Hank Pym, who plays Michael Douglas in this movie. Um, he's, he's the one that's in the Avengers. Uh, the Avengers 1, I'm talking about when we first see Ant-Man. A lot of people do know the Scott Lang uh, character. I, I think he comes around in like the, the 80s or so. Um, what, what I found out, I didn't know. There was actually two other Ant-Men that I don't know anything about. I didn't even know there was two other Ant-Men until I was doing research on this. But anyway, the film was originally going to focus on the original Ant-Man, Ant Hank Pym. However, the filmmakers thought that Pym, um, his kind of character and his origin story isn't, isn't family-friendly enough. Uh, for example, he develops a lot of um, split personalities. He abused his girlfriend, Janet, who they show as his wife, um, Janet Van Dyke or something. They show they talk about her in the film. Um, so they thought that, that that character would would be a little bit too tough to fit into because Marvel's films that come out are generally family friendly. Mm -hmm. They're kind of using Netflix for more of their dirty work. Um, so they just use Pym as a uh, like a secondary character, like a mentor type character, and they only um, kind of brushed a little bit on his darker side. Uh, let's see. So, as I talked about, Edgar, Edgar Wright was originally working on this film. Um, when he was working on it, he requested that Marvel refrain from using Ant-Man or Wasp until he had finished the movie. So, this is the main reason we never saw Ant-Man in the first Avengers film. Um, uh, Whedon actually, I think, did have the Wasp in part of the Avengers film and then, and then did write it out because uh, there was just too many characters. Um, so originally, uh, Edgar Wright, who was a big fan of Ant-Man, he proposed the film to Marvel back in 2003, describing it as an action-adventure comedy across genre action and special effects bonanza. So I think most people are familiar with Edgar Wright, but um, you, you, know, you know him from making films like Shaun of the Dead and uh, Hot Fuzz and all of those films. Um, he had been developing the movie since then. He had uh, shot a test reel, which I didn't watch anything out of, but apparently it's on the, on the internet. Um, he hired the cast. He's actually one of the reasons that they have... Um, th the cast that we saw in this movie was the cast that he, that he hired. A lot of them were extremely disappointed when he left. I know Evangeline Lilly was thinking about just leaving the film almost probably... I know Paul Rudd said he was really disappointed when Wright, when Wright left. Uh, 2014, he dropped out due to creative differences between him and Disney, which... I was, was going to ask you, why did he leave? Um, yeah, so Disney or Marvel, it's that part of Marvel, um, they've done a really good job so far of of setting up what they want to do. Um, even the films that were technically, which they consider not that successful, like Iron Man 2, still did really well. They have a whole kind of vision board of where they want things to go and the way they want things to play out. And so far, it's really shown that they know what they're doing, even with like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that, which people thought was going to fail. So they definitely know what they wanted and what um, Edgar Wright 
they asked him just to make some changes to the script, which he didn't want to do. And then they said, okay, well, you need to make these changes because this is what we want, our vision for the film. I'm not sure what those changes were. In fact, a lot of the script that Edgar Wright wrote um, is in this film, apparently. And I saw his name a lot in the credits as producer and things like that. So he still had a lot of um, creative input um, in some way on this film. Um, It has to be because they're trying to make it more kid-friendly. And I would think it would be because they need to um, get the younger kids involved into the... The I'm, whole Marvel. I'm thing. sure it probably had to do with that. I would like to read the script because uh, people that had read the script, like um, Simon Pegg and stuff like that, said that it was just incredible. That it was just. But he does have a certain kind of sense of humor. Like if you see movies like Shaun of the Dead and stuff, it's yeah. kind of. Uh, I, um, I can't think of the 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 director that, but that I'm trying to think of. But it's it's not totally mainstream. So I, I think that has something to do with it as well. But. I didn't know that he did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, so kind of I'm learning. No, as no, he, he didn't do Guardians of the Galaxy. He did? No, he didn't. He I was didn't. Just, I was just saying that Guardians of the Galaxy... Is part of Marvel? Is part okay. of Marvel. And well, see, I'm, I'm still learning all of this whole thing, so it's all new to me, and so I kind of have kid eyes. I think a woman wrote um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which was what made it different. Well, either way, for somebody that's stepping into this um, world brand new it kind of all makes sense where you want to tie everything in together especially when somebody doesn't really have a background yeah and there's things like um you know i I could see like i said because marvel kind of knows what they're doing i mean they've had since a year or two ago they've had their movie plans till out to like 2020 2020 something like that and uh, so i've read some from some you know comic nerds some of them are kind of upset because and I probably mentioned this on the podcast. In the original comic book, it's Hank Pym that creates Ultron, not Iron Man. And some people are upset. They're like, "Why do you keep making Iron Man the asshole in the movies?" But it's because they're you know they're setting up Iron Man to be the asshole for the Captain America movie for Civil War. They they need to make more and more reasons why there's reasons not to like him. So there's not really a big reason to make Hank Pym the creative Ultron because they're not going to focus on that character. So when I talk about on the podcast before, I don't really care when they make some changes to a movie for a reason. Those are the kind of reasons I don't mind. I think that's a that's a fine reason. For me, it's been kind of fun um, to recognize things from movie to movie and go, oh, and to even uh, recognize things from a childhood. Um, mm-hmm. Because I do remember certain things. I just not really sure where they all come from. Because I'm a girl. I wasn't really too much into it. I was into other things. But I can go, oh, that was from here. That was from there. And There's an so old Saturday Night Live skit um, that I believe I've seen. Maybe not at the time because it's before my time. But I think on some sketch show or some compilation. But it's from 1979 where they're doing a superhero party. And Ant-Man shows up, and um, and they all make fun of him because he's just, like, kind of a joke character. Apparently, the guy that played Ant-Man in that sketch, he's a black guy. I'm not, I don't know who he was. Um, he plays the taxi driver in this film. They do a lot of little things. Like, um, if you remember the scene when Corey Stoll is first deploying the yellow jacket uh, suit to the investors or whatever you want to call them, he says, like, something about... Um, I didn't catch this inside joke or, it, you know, wink at the camera at the time, but he said it sounds like a tale to astonish, which comes from, you know, that first um, Ant-Man um, 
that first Ant-Man appearance in Tales to Astonish. So, um, you know, we always talk about different casting choices and, and such like that. I'm not going to go into a lot of them, but uh, one, I th- one I thought that was interesting was uh, Michael Douglas didn't really have a huge part in this film. I kind of wish that he had more of a... He said the reason he did it is a reason a lot of people either do Marvel movies or, uh, like Ian McKellen said, he did um, the Lord of the Rings movies for his grandchildren. So Michael Douglas did this so that his grandchildren could see him in a a Marvel movie or whatever. (laughs) But um, they originally wanted Steve Buscemi for the role of Hank Pym, but due to a scheduling conflict, they had to go with their second choice, which was Michael Douglas, which I think is... How it's you know kind of two different characters. How do you go from Steve Buscemi to? I'm not knocking him. It's just how was Michael Douglas your second choice after Steve Buscemi? They're so different. I don't know who that is. He's the guy you don't like. He's from uh, Boardwalk Boardwalk Empire. Empire. He was co-starred in The Cobbler. You don't like him. You probably think he's he looks like my dad, kind of, which is not a compliment. He dies a lot. Did you uh, do you catch the Spider-Man reference at the end of the film? So they're really, uh, they're really been trying to sneak in Spider-Man. Apparently, in the first, what was it the first Avengers? They wanted to put in the Oscorp building, um, and the second Avengers, depending on who you talk to, it is hidden in there somewhere. So if you guys aren't aware of that, a lot of the Marvel um, franchises are parceled out between studios. So uh, Fox has um, Spider-Man. No, uh, Sony has Spider-Man. Uh, Fox right. has X-Men and Fantastic Four. And uh, Marvel has all the movies that have, have done pretty well. Um, so at the end of the film, when they're kind of doing that drunk history thing, talking thing again, um, uh, there's a girl that says, uh, she, oh, uh, uh, Falcon's looking for someone, for a superhero. And she's like, you got to be more specific. we got a guy that can jump, a guy that can swing, a guy that can climb on walls. Oh, I was just more into the... The way he talks, that was I fell right into that. <laughs> yeah, there was another headline I read about Michael Pena. That's who plays that part. Um, how he was like the best part of Ant Man, but I didn't get to read it. He was really good in the film. Um, also, and part of that, Stanley's cameo was really great when he says uh, the girl was uh, stupid fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of Stanley's better cameos. His cameos are getting better and better because his cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy was pretty good as well. But I like that one. Um, so speaking of kind of changing things for film or combining them or things like that yellow jacket in this film is a combination of a lot of characters from the comic book um he's a combination of um one of hank pym's alter egos because he was actually yellow jacket he was a mentally unstable kind of turned into a bad guy there's a guy called called darren cross who was a villainous businessman and an enemy of scott lang there's Eric O'Grady, who is a, a moral and selfish person and a pimp tech who was also the third ant-man and um, it also has elements of Ultron. Um, they used even some of the character design, the face of the... Uh, I was aware of Yellow Jacket. I definitely was. And then um, when the... What's her name? Wasp woman? Yeah, the Wasp. I knew about her, mm-hmm. but that all came from, like, childhood. Yeah, I was trying to see if so, they were in any of my pictures up here. I'm sure they're in, like, the big Marvel ones. Um, I was super excited to see when um, the dad at the ending opened it up for her. Yeah, it, it, what makes that, me... That made me super excited. Cause what makes me interested as the universe gets bigger and bigger and they're running out of people is some of the people that are like, oh, oh shit, they're going to be in a Marvel universe now because it's like a big deal. 
um, like I was watching before the podcast that Paul Rudd was being interviewed by um, by uh, um, uh, the Daily Show guy. John Stewart. John Stewart. Yeah, I kept thinking Jimmy Stewart. John Stewart, and uh, he was kind of making fun of him. I was like, really? You're a hero now? Yeah. And, then, and I was thinking that about Evangeline Lilly, who I really like, but she usually stinks in most movies. I like her from Lost, but she was horrible in Lord of the Rings. Um, she wasn't very good in that Hugh Jackman robot movie. She's just kind of just been really shitty in movies. Um, so, you know, I was like, wow, she's going to be a big part of the Marvel Universe now. I saw that um, the girl that plays, um, that plays Sansa Stark is going to be one of the new X-Men. Um, you know, and then you're seeing all these people starting to break out in Star Wars too. So kind of interesting. That's really all the research I have on the movie and the comic that I've done. So a lot of the the theme of this movie, I think, is, to me, a lot of it was about passing the torch of, um, you know, the most obvious one of, of Hank Pym, the, the older... Um, Ant-Man passing it off to Scott Lang and also at the end as, as he then mentioned um, suddenly him taking a kind of uncharacteristically because a lot of the movie was about why he didn't want her to do it why he didn't want her to do it why uh, they use Scott because he's ex- expendable and then all of a sudden he has a change of heart and says here's the suit it's kind of weird to me um, um, I'm not so sure because we saw them kissing at the end and i think maybe he saw himself you know he passed that on to him and so maybe that was a good time for him to pass that on to his daughter because obviously he trained her yeah but he didn't want her to get hurt he didn't want her to make the same kind of choices that the mom made where she had to sacrifice herself oh that's one thing this is we've already made a bunch of spoilers so it doesn't matter at this point this is something i didn't catch but i read um, I talked to Matt about this after the movie. Uh, one of the things is, I, you know, he went into the subatomic realm. One of the things I said is I kept waiting to see if there'd be more um, to connect it with Doctor Strange. Apparently, that's all they needed to connect it with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is this guy that practices magic. So when they talk about a world that time and place don't really matter. Um, but anyway, apparently when he's going through all the oops, when he's floating around all the stuff, you can see like a little winged figure somewhere on the side. Hmm. Um, hidden, which I didn't catch, but apparently there is. <laughs> that's fine to hit this baby. Man, that's strong stuff. So anyway, <laughs> um, you made yourself something leaping over there. So I was a little worried, and I wrote about this before that one of my problems with the Age of Ultron is I felt they put too much effort setting up for future movies, and. Um, I don't think they did that too much in this one. There was only little little parts. They set up the Falcon part, and that was about it. Didn't feel like they were cramming in a, a lot of stuff. It was, uh, I mean, they didn't necessarily, they definitely wrote in that, that part for a reason. Made them break into the Avengers headquarters and all that. Like, they, they could have easily not had that part in the script, but they, that's the only thing they, they forced in there. But I didn't really mind. It was one of my favorite action scenes, the fight between Ant-Man and, um, and Falcon. Played by Anthony Mackie. That's fine to hit this baby. <laughs> Waiting for Heathen to, to hit her baby. Slagger. 
So, passing the torch, anything else you want to talk about passing the torch in this film or, or in real life? I've never experienced this in real life, so I don't have a lot to talk about. I, I've never inherited a business for anyone or, or continued a tradition, and I haven't passed anything down. I think quickly touching on what you guys were talking about, um, just my quick little note. I mean, he realized that she there was nothing he was going to do to completely protect her. She was going to do her own thing. So that's why I think he ultimately decided to. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, that's the best explanation is you can't. It just it just seemed like such a 180 degree turn to me. Yeah. I, I do agree with you. It just seemed kind of drastic that he was so uh, enlightened all of a sudden. She's just like her mother and he's not going to be able to stop her. Yeah. Yeah. Those flashback scenes with the Lost were pretty cool. She definitely has a better suit. Yeah. And uh, one thing, I didn't really write this down or anything, but um, in the movie, he he doesn't... Uh, so that's one of the things that's kind of interesting about the suit when he has to fight like Yellow Jacket is the suit is designed to be like a reconnaissance suit, so it doesn't have any built-in weaponry, which is part of the movie. So he gives them these discs, these uh, red and blue discs, ones that shrink and one that um, enlarge. And also in the, in the beginning when he first puts on the suit, he keeps clicking one of the hands. He does, Nothing happens, so that's probably the enlarging part. Yeah. So what I was going to say is another part of Ant-Man is he doesn't just shrink. In the comics, he also enlarges, and yeah. he goes by the name of Giant-Man. I was trying to see if I could see him in any of the, any of the things. So, um, you know, he's a powerful guy. He is my favorite so far. That's what I was going to just put in there is um, out of all of them, he's my favorite. And as a moviegoer, and when I talk about them making changes, that's a good thing. That shows they were successful because a lot of people, I'm not really this way because I'm not familiar with that era as much, but most people identify Ant-Man with the Hank Pym character. Yeah. And they were kind of upset that they were going with the Scott Lang character because people say, like, no one no one cares about Scott Lang as Ant-Man. It's all about Hank Pym. He did all, all of the things. I don't. I can't really think of a good equivalent right now, but it's, you know, when you watch a TV show for a long time and they switch out one of the characters with someone else, like... This isn't a great example, but like it's like like watching Donald Glover on Community, and then all of a sudden having like one of the characters that came on the last season and saying like that's your favorite character or something. But. I happen to really like Paul Rudd mm-hmm. as an actor from a long time ago, um, so that's even better for me. <laughs> so the next, anything else? Want talking about passing the torch? Have you anything about in real life your experiences? Um, just that, uh, being a mom, I'm in the process of passing whatever torch I'm passing. What are those, like traditions or? Traditions, um, you know, raising a kid or whatever that is, but just things that our families do to make sure that they, they go on, like this is. This is what our heritage is. I guess some people at least probably have that in like holiday traditions. Like everyone does Christmas a little bit different. And then you don't really realize that you do it differently till you go to someone else's Christmas or Thanksgiving. Like just people have little different things. Like uh, just a small thing. My, my dad's side of the family did Christmas on Christmas Eve. They, were out, they opened up all the presents on Christmas Eve. I thought that was kind of shitty. I mean, as a kid, I kind of liked it. But I really think that, you know, classically you should do it Christmas morning. First thing when you wake up. Well, I think I think it's important to teach my son how to cook, how to manage his finances. Um, there are certain things that I want to 
It's kind Make of sure just he has. teaching and mentoring and preparing, and that's not so but much passing the torch, really. But that's what my grandfather did. Those are, these are cope values. Okay. I, I, I guess mm-hmm. I could kind of see that a little bit. They are. So, so. How, about, how about you, Matt? you have any real-life experience with this one way or another? Uh, I mean, just within, you know, my work environment. I'm all, I've always been the the manager or the, the co-worker that likes to, um, you know, teach people around me what I'm doing so that you know someday I'm, I'm not stuck in a position where I'm the only person who can you know do that role so it makes me more valuable as, as somebody that can move up yeah yeah I've, I've read that is a um, a common tip to people in jobs that uh, they think if they're the only one that can do it it makes them valuable but it's usually the opposite yeah. that if you can treat, teach someone else to do your job then it doesn't mean that you're replaceable. It means you can go on to better things. Yep. So um, this movie a lot deals with um, the absence of a parent in one way or another. So uh, Hope talks about it and that after her mom died that her dad was more or less emotionally absent. He just wasn't really there when she was seven years old and wasn't really there to support her. She doesn't really specify if he was if it was physically or emotionally i took it more as emotionally because someone had to be there and then for scott lang he was in jail i don't know for how long with his young daughter and just to explain a little bit in the comic how the scott lang character comes comes across it's a little similar where um scott lang in the comic is a thief and he stops doing it but his daughter um has a, a medical problem i can't remember what it is like something with her lungs or something like that and it's too expensive so he goes back to crime, so he steals the Ant-Man suit in order to... He's going to pull off enough thefts or, or, or burglaries until he has enough money to pay for a medical procedure. And then um, in the comic, Hank Pym catches him and says, okay, I'm going to let you keep the suit as long as you use it for good kind of thing. Hmm. Um, okay. But anyway, back to the movie. Another absence of a parent where he wasn't there. Again, I don't know for how long. They probably mentioned in the movie, but I missed it. Um a while long enough and and she was young she's young yeah it's probably more important uh when 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 they're younger and it's really important to him in the movie he keeps saying he's not going to go back he's not going to go back he's not going to go back to prison um you know i loved it that he was working at baskin robbins (laughs) and then he got fired (laughs) and he has this uh engineering degree or something yeah yeah so it's showing he's a really smart guy and he he can't get a job Mm -hmm. um I like that part. I mean, overall, I, I like this. I like this movie much better than I thought it was going to be. I don't think the previews made it out to seem super great, especially the the very first preview. Well, everybody around us was like, "It's not going." Everybody was saying, um, "It's not going to be a good movie." So I went in with no expectations and absolutely loved the movie. I love the movie better than the Avengers movie. The Avengers movie to me was the last uh, one or the first one. The last one, yeah, was um, overstimulating. Yeah, I don't think this the last one, one was that great. Was just was a little slow in the beginning, a little slow because I was like, "Where is this going?" And then it, I just loved it. 
Well, they had to set up the characters, and they were yeah. setting up some of the comedy, and they had to, you know, because mm-hmm. no one knows who Ant Man is. Again, it's not like Iron Man where you could just go, or Superman where they could just, or Spider Man where they could just start, and people mm-hmm. know who it is. No one. I mean, I don't really know that much about Ant Man, so they had to establish it. And I think that's going to be one of the challenges um, selling the movie. Is like I said, the previews don't look that great. A lot of people think it's a joke. I mean, they make fun of that in the movie a lot, saying like Ant Man, really, you don't have yeah. a different name for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of people have told me they have no interest in, in selling and seeing it, which is which is hard because the comic book nerds are going to go see the movie. Really bad for them if they don't go and see it. The comic book nerds are going to go see the movie anyway, but the challenge is to get the people that wouldn't normally see these kind of movies that are going to go see Trainwreck instead or something like that. My coworker is going to go and take her son, and she even told her son, "I was going to go and take goat because she." didn't know about the the $5 Tuesday, but she does take her son now every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was going to go and take her son for the $5 Tuesday for Ant-Man. And she said to her son, I was going to take you for a movie. And he's like, why are you telling me if you didn't take me? And she's like, I'm so sorry. I got off of work late. (laughs) Yeah. I just thought it was so cute. There's no reason why she should say that. That would really piss me off. (laughs) No, she's she's such a cute mom. Oh, I was going to get you the biggest ice cream sundae today, but you know what? I didn't. It was really going to be delicious. (laughs) Fabiola is such a good mom. Sorry. Anyway. Um, so I think we could talk about a little bit, well, we could talk about this in the movie or, or in, in real life. Um, I had a period of, well, I was, I was basically raised by my mom. My, my parents, uh, split up when I was in, I think in third grade and I didn't see my dad for about four years till he got back in my life. So it kind of reminded me we were, Heathen and I were watching last comic standing today and uh, one of the comedians a lot of or some of his material was about he was raised by his mom and his sister and he was kind mm-hmm. of raised to do things the wrong way like he wore a towel up by his by his chest he thought that's the way you're supposed to do it because that's where women wear their <laughs> so i feel like i don't think i do anything wrong i just think i missed out on a lot of stuff there's a lot of manly stuff i don't really do i mean my dad did teach me to work on cars it's just i think he taught me so late in life that i have no interest in it like i didn't start doing it till i was 16 it wasn't like i started doing it when i was like Six, seven, eight, nine. Well, that's so. not really true. Eric didn't either, but he does it. So I don't know if you just lost interest in your dad or. I just have something. no interest in, in in working on cars. I mean, when I was younger, I liked working with my hands a little bit. But again, that's probably closer to the time he was in my life. Like I like doing woodshop stuff, like making birdhouses and boxcar derby mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And then it does kind of make sense because about that time, about fourth grade, I stopped doing shit like that. I was raised by a tomboy mom. So I was into wood chop too. Wood chop. Wood chop. It's probably different though. A mom, I mean, a girl being raised by her mom than a son being raised by her, because you're not going to miss out as much. It's not like a dad teach well, passes on I as much have, to I his have, daughter. I have a, a true. I think it would have been different if I was. Well, obviously, it would have been way different if, if I was raised by my dad for sure, and I'm thankful that. I wasn't, um, but I do have the absent dad, and then I have the death of a parent, and then I also have the um, the absent um, where the distant parent, where she was disconnected from her dad because of the death. Okay. Um, cause 
my mom had to work a lot. So. So how did all of this affect you? Well, I was always in like uh, after school programs or summer school programs. And I remember um, there was one uh, thing that I really wanted my mom to go to. And she couldn't because she didn't have any um, vacation time or sick time. And I was really upset. It was just an after school thing. Um, or no, it was something that she had to take off time for. And uh, she surprised me. She took the time off and surprised me at school. I was so happy. I was about, about um, fourth grade. I was so happy. And it was just something in the park for like two hours. That's all I wanted. <laughs> I would, it would have been nice for me to just have like a mom who was present. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in the same house as my mom, but she was never present. Mm. So mm. How, do, how do you think that did that? How do you think that affected you? Uh, me? So Not, you had a mom and a dad. Yeah. My parents got divorced when I was like a junior in high school. And it was kind of one of those things. Like my, my dad took me for a walk and was telling me that, well, he was trying to like slowly break into it that he was, you know, going to divorce my mom. And he finally came out with it. And my response was, it's about fucking time. Because mm. my mom just was not around. She, my mom worked the graveyard shift. So I'd come home from school and my mom would, you know, be in bed, usually like reading a romance novel or something. Um, and then it was just like me and my sister pretty much doing able to do whatever we wanted until my dad got home and then my dad was the one that would always you know do homework with us or cook dinner or, uh you know take us to movies and watch movies with us do like game nights and stuff like that my mom was just kind of there she wasn't really present in my life so she wasn't really into having kids then so what happened after the divorce uh, with me and my mom, yeah. It's, I mean, I talk to my mom maybe once every six months. Oh, okay. So then your dad raised you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That me must be interesting. That must be like super interesting, because neither one of us, Kevin and I, have that experience at all. Yeah. Um, no, I was raised more by my uncle and my brother than by my dad. I mean, not really. Again, I make it seem out really bad. He was there, like I said, until like third grade. So kind of the important years, but not in some other ways, you know, you kind of need a male figure there. As a boy, you kind of need a male figure there. Like when you're starting entering high school, like that 12, 13, 14 year age, I think too, to kind of, when you're starting to turn into a man, you need like a role model there that isn't your mm-hmm. brother. Yeah. <laughs> my mom was a good mom. Like she really was there yeah for me yeah my dad was still yeah always there for me it was my dad was more of a mentor than like a father we never really fought there was only there was one time i remember i was leaving for school and he was reminding me to you know take out the trash or something when i got home from school and i was just in a really shitty mood that day so i just you know said f you (laughs) Um, so my dad was like screaming at me. So I walked up to him and we kind of bumped chests and my dad like stumbled backwards and almost fell. And it was like heartbreaking for me. I, you know, 
never wanted to raise my voice or do anything to my dad again. I just felt like shit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. I did. Uh, I did get mad at one of my stepdads once. Really angry, but yeah, nothing with my mm, dad. There was one time I called my mom a bitch, <laughs> and uh, I've never seen anybody like. By the time the word "itch" came out of my mouth, she had flown up the flight of stairs and slapped my face <laughs> like literally it's a good superpower yeah uh, you, you, you you're empowered off of uh yeah off of vulgarities yeah that was uh in like eighth grade like you're a bitch slap <laughs> it was horrible i never really had any of that i it saw my horrible. brother and my mom get into it a little bit but you know not that seriously for for me so the last topic um Paul Rudd's one of those actors, and this is usually reserved for 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 black guys, but uh, Paul Rudd's one of those actors that people kind of make fun of for being ageless. So even before the podcast, he then and I played a which Paul Rudd is older game where they show two pictures of Paul Rudd. Some of them are 10, 12, 15 years apart. And it's really hard. He then, it's really hard. He then got twelve out of eighteen. I got eleven out of eighteen. Wow. So it's not it's not that easy. Um, he just basically looks the same yeah. or younger sometimes i mean i think he definitely looks different now than he looked in clueless but he's like 42 really, now and i really should have went on my original thing which was the hair because his face doesn't change it's yeah that's what i was i was i was looking at the the eyes and, nope. and the hairstyle i should have went on the hair and also there was a certain youthfulness to like like i said when he was in clueless he he there was definitely looked more youthful than 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 later on in certain ways but again not a huge difference yeah I think he's got, again, if you have some kind of ethnic uh, mix in your genes and you're not white, um, you're going to age fine. Yeah, I wonder he's if it's have Greek some or kind something. Of, yeah, Greek. Because, he I mean. He has to. He has to. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is with black people. It's probably the same thing. Because I know what it, it is. is. With, I know what it is it with is. A, You don't even know what I'm saying. Because I know the thing it is with Asians is they've, they've done. Um, I've probably talked about this before, but a, but a cosmetic company did studies on how Asians age uh, compared to white women. And, and up until about 30, they're actually about the same. And then from 30 on, there's just, uh, I don't remember what it is. I, I was, it was, um, it was a show on the history channel, um, that was, it was tracking like the, um, it's evolution of, skin it was the evolution of, of man through like Africa and up through Asia and through Europe into, or through Russia into Europe and all of that. And, um, yeah, there was something that, that just causes them not to, not to wrinkle and something in the, in the genetic dis- disposition. So yeah, it is weird to, for, for a, you know, for a white person to see it or you see it in a white person. That's why I say I wonder if it's like Greek or I don't know what ethnicity Rudd is. That sounds like a, a good old English name. Yeah. I know that uh, my family does have a little bit of Indian in them. That's why we town very well. Um, my grandfather was, uh, he looks really dark. If you look at a picture of him, he looks yeah. really dark. Um, well, I think the funny thing is I was, <laughs> I forget what the show is on Funny or Die, but... Um, they were talking about dog breeds and it's, I mean, essentially the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, you know, these dog breeds they call pure breeds mm-hmm. are almost bred to the point where they're just sickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, if you want a healthy dog, that's going to live a long and happy life, get a mutt. 
And so overbreeding. Yeah. 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 The um, yeah the the inbreeding of the pure breeds is is just made them susceptible to all kinds of um, body problems. It's kind of sex. They have documentaries on that too, where they certain a lot of these dogs are born blind and just different mm-hmm. breeds yeah. for certain reasons. Great Danes have notorious for having like hip and leg problems and stuff. And they don't live very long because they're so large. Yeah, it was like bulldogs is one of the most notorious ones. I mean, you look at like a bulldog from twenty years ago, and they they you know look healthy and fit, but after you know a century of even further inbreeding um they're just like not all of them yeah well if you're talking about a pure breed bulldog they all come from pretty much the same line because there's not that many of them um so they've just been so inbred that you know they're always going to have breathing issues and oh no i'm saying every so why do the why do the lannisters look so good (laughs) yeah Because it's Cause okay, it's, it's okay for cousins. Well, they're not cousins; they're twins. Mm. But, but I mean, you look at the the royal family, the British family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there, you know, yeah, going back to medieval Europe, a lot of that was that was keeping the the, the uh, royal bloodline clean. They called it or whatever. Yeah. You don't want any of that peasant blood in there. You rather have some. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, um, I can't think of any other really like white people. I mean. Denzel Washington is finally starting to look his age, but I mean, he was like ageless for about twenty or thirty years. Um, uh, Eddie Murphy doesn't look like he's aged a, a bit. No, he looks pretty much the same, just a little bit beefier. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's weird. Like you look at some of these guys. Like uh, I mean, again, this is I was trying to think of some white people, but if you look at like um, like uh, Dr. Dre. Or uh, even Jay Z's not that old, but I mean, he looks basically the same. He's probably forty now, and he looks I the same as he does. Like some facial scrubbings or something, but well, also Jay Z's part years. of the Illuminati. Okay. They said so. That might be part of it. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not if I could be in the Illuminati, I don't think there's anything they could he's, do for me. He's New York royalty. Yeah. All right. I don't really have any other topics on the movie. Anything else you guys want to discuss about Ant Man? Or Anything that was in there? No, just my five. Well, they, oh, so we thought we saw it in three D. Yeah. Uh, so you saw it in both versions, and you were telling me you didn't think it was that great in three D. No. I, I liked the three D in it, but um, there wasn't a lot. Like yeah. I I, ta- I discussed it with you after the movie. I kept taking my three D glasses off. I couldn't get them very comfortable in it. And you could, there's some three D movies when you take your glasses off, you can't see what the hell you're looking at. And this one, some. You, when I took them off a couple occasions, you couldn't tell it was in 3D. But mostly, I, I wanted the sh- to see the shrinking effects in yeah. 3D. And again, that depth. And I think maybe the scenes like the bathtub and scene might have helped in 3D with the water coming at him. And also, when he was really tiny, when My- I was watching it when he was tiny, I was like, I would hate to see this normal. Like, I don't think any of this would come across with him. Well, the only time I ever noticed the 3D was in the bathtub scene. That was it. Yeah. I didn't really notice it any other time. And the only time that I did take off my glasses to adjust, it was a scene that was like heavy into ants and all the ants were in 3D. But You probably would have at least noticed it in the um, when he goes into the quantum realm too because I was yeah. like, oh man, this is turning into a Pink Floyd laser show now. Now they're just showing a bunch of weird shit. I remember watching Free Jack. Probably no one remembers that movie. I had Mick Jagger. I watched it with my brother and he was just like, man, I wish I was on acid watching this. <laughs> it's the same, just kind of weird <laughs> designs for no reason. I noticed that my glasses were like pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah, they were they were yeah. they were different. I, I, in a way, I sort of liked them, but I kept thinking I better stop adjusting them because I think I'm gonna break them. 
because they were like flimsy. Yeah, they were really lightweight. Yeah, but in I a way, like I, in a way, I like that because some of the other ones, the the borders around the glasses, they kind of give me a peripheral that distracts me. It's one of the reasons I don't like three D. These ones didn't really have them. I just couldn't really get it that comfortable. Well, no, the the only reason I did like these more is because they were a lighter weight plastic. Normally, because I have my glasses. Um, just the weight. Yeah, it's I just have a lot. To keep uh, you know adjusting my glasses and the the 3D glasses, and it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, but I, I, with. I only remember you know adjusting my glasses once during this movie. Yeah, I'm not sure what my issue was. Why I kept playing with mine? I don't know. It's just restless for whatever reason. All right, Heathen, you ready for your ranks? Sure. You don't have a porn parody for Ant Man. <laughs> Can't man. Can't man. Or Cunt Man. Cunt Man's good. Yeah. Way better than Can't Man. <laughs> I didn't have a good one. I was going to say just like Ass well, Man Can't or something. Man would, would mean like the... That he rapes people? No. Is it the played girl by Bill Cosby? has to like suck him off to <laughs> make sure he can. Right? Think about it. Huh. Picture it. You were so weird. Be like impotent man. <laughs> Why am I weird? Cunt Man's all right. Can't Man, I don't understand. I love it. Picture no it. No pants man. I said, yeah. like, no picture pan- it. <laughs> no pants man's good. I can't. I can't. Will you suck me off? Like. Uh, I can't. No, that sounds awful. No, I, I would I, never. I would never watch a, or rent a movie that was Can't Man. No, me mm-hmm. either. Cut Man, I'd be like, oh, what's that about? Can't Man, I was like, what the hell is it? Does he just. I don't know. Is he the only guy that doesn't have sex in the movie? This is for, I don't know. <laughs> The <laughs> All right, so Heathen's birthday is tomorrow. She is going to... And also, in this movie, there was a birthday uh, when Scott Lang uh, gets out of prison. He goes to his daughter's birthday and uh, not invited and kind of an awkward scene and gives her a really creepy bunny rabbit, which he loves. Um, I really like this movie in a lot of ways. Anyway, Heathen is going to talk about her top five things uh, she likes about her birthday. She's one of those people that loves her birthday, so I don't know how she narrowed it down to just five things. We'll see. <laughs> that was difficult. Um, We're starting at five or one? Going from the cake to the cream. So five, four, three, two, one? Yeah. All right. It's a milestone. So this birthday? No. Every year. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Um, I made it, another year. Woo! <laughs> true. I made Thank it you. to 25. What a milestone. 25. Yeah. Thank you. I'm a quarter I'm glad, of a century. I'm glad you guys all agree. Uh, Maybe that should have been. Exactly. That's that, kind of how I feel. That's, like, that's, the year like, sla- that's how old Slash was when Guns N' like, Roses came out. I'm 12. <laughs> I'm 12. Okay. I did. I just remember every year. Like, no. I'm 11. Well, yeah, it's a big... I'm so good. I'm 13. Well, I'm now a teenager. I remember these things. Well, yeah, it's a big deal when you're younger. I remember that's when kids are like, I'm seven and a half because you so badly want to get older, you know. Seven and a half is unbirthdays. We're not talking about that. So, so no. is, is like 42 going to be a milestone as well? I'm not 42, so yeah, I, but, well, I... If every year is, is a tom- milestone. Is tomorrow going to be a milestone? <laughs> We're not... <laughs> Okay, you're a dick, <laughs> and you're not allowed to talk because I'm not That's forty-two. I'm not even forty. Yeah, I'm saying it's tomorrow. So it's tomorrow. You're a be fucking a, dick, and to- hit that baby. <laughs> That's fine to hit this baby. It's tomorrow. I can't believe people said that. Wow. I was trying. I was going to say thirty-two, mm-hmm. but you're already past thirty-two. So I no, but it's a good oh, next it's one. The really, same, it's the same question I'm asking. Thanks. So, so is tomorrow going to be a milestone? Yes. All right. That's, Every year I think that's is a all milestone. We were, I think that's all we were asking. Yeah. 
Because usually it's like 21, 30, 40, 16. Those are like, you know, the check markers. 50 is a big one. But I think every year we have a birthday, we still kind of do a check. We still do. I, I, I use it more like New Year's for that, like New Year's Day. I was like, okay, what did I do this year? I don't really use my birthdays. I, I mean, there are certain years you, I was like... You 30. don't like your birthday, well, but people who like their birthdays do. They're I'm not like, saying I don't like it. I just don't have a huge ego and need to tell everyone okay, about it It's not about you. It's about my birthday, right. so be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, number four. Um, it's a gathering of people. Mm-hmm. The gathering. Always. It's a mm-hmm. gathering of people. You like gatherings of people? Mm-hmm. So is like your 40th birthday just going to be a gangbang? I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. 40 <laughs> Why dudes. are we talking about 40? This is horrible. 40 dudes for my 40th birthday. 40 dudes in... 40 hours. <laughs> yeah, 40 hours. Because I was like, 40 nights? No. That's going to be your that's surprise not. birthday party you're oh, looking no. for. That's going to be my porn parody for, 40, for sure. 40 times 2 minutes. Let's see. You're gonna, I can do you're it. Gonna come, cause, cause I he, can do has been saying she wants a surprise birthday party. So she's going to come home from work. I'll be like, surprise. She's like, I don't know these people. And I was like, well, you will. <laughs> Intimately. I can do it. 40 dudes. And, Challenge accepted. And 40 minutes. <laughs> um, It's a celebration. Celebration. A celebration. It's a masturbation. Well, that too. Inebriation. <laughs> and that too. Now you're being like Cajun man. Remember Cajun <laughs> man? Uh, gifts. Oh yeah, gifts. That's your number two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, it's all about me. Uh, it's fine to hit that baby. <laughs> Bam. It's all about me. You love that. Yep. You love being in the star, the, the spotlight. So I think that's the thing I don't like about my birthday. It's not that I don't like my birthday. I don't feel it's necessary to because I do like. Then a lo- why are we talking about your birthday on my? We cannot. You cannot like, talk about your I, birthday. I like around my birthday. That's the rule. I like some of the things you mentioned. I like gatherings. I like gangbangs. <laughs> I like. Um, I like gifts. I don't like it all about me though. That makes me feel uncomfortable. Really, because like we just spent, we spent a shitload of money in January. We will not discuss why, because we cannot until after my birthday. That's the rule. But yes. Last call. Looking at the world through the bottom of a glass. All I see is a man who's fading fast. Last call. So we're in last call, so you guys got some pictures people can go and look for on this episode. Episode, yes. Any last words, Heathen? I would like you guys to sing me happy birthday right now? as the outro song. No, that's not happening. Really? Happy, happy birthday. It's not your birthday. Your birthday's in six hours. How does that feel? You'll be 40 soon, and then we'll make I'm a not going to be 40. You need to shut the fuck up. I am not going to be 40. I even made that mistake myself, too, and my mom had to correct me. She's like, um, don't make me old. <laughs> You're a fucking dick. And that's all I have to say. Drop the mic. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Heather. Happy birthday to you. You smell like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going <laughs> to kick your ass. <laughs>
Keep it wet, everybody. See, like this drink isn't that bad now. That's what it, it takes like five ingredients to make that. <laughs> I either that or you were hammered by sniffing it. <laughs> Maybe, but.